What's up, nerds? ESPN Plus, the ESPN app. But this was a lost season for the Jets. I did not see a single thing this year that makes you excited to build upon. You, you hired somebody that doesn't even understand what an SC Trojan is all about. Like, stop! Hi, I'm Brian Barnhart, voice of the Fighting Illini, and this is your home for Fighting Illini Sports. 98.9, the game. And now, broadcasting live and local, from the 98.9 The Game Studios in Effingham, Illinois, it's the starting lineup with Travis Sparks. Cleveland? Cleveland rocks? No, not as far as I'm concerned. Cleveland sucks. And Eric Fry. The brain, good times, come on, the Bears finally fired Matt Nagy. It's the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Welcome in. Uh, how's everyone doing out there? Welcome in uh, to this post Super Monday. And it's a uh, start of a new week, start of a new journey. And it's uh, February uh, 13th, 2023. Guys, don't forget tomorrow. It's Valentine's Day tomorrow. Yeah. So get those, get those gifts in. And what's happening out there? This is uh, the uh, starting lineup. It's Travis Sparks, Eric Fry, hanging out with you for the next hour here on ESPN Radio on uh, Trust Show Radio. And we got a good show lined up for you, as always, uh, today. Coming up, we got a lot of local sports to uh, recap mm-hmm. from Friday and uh, Saturday. Those girls' postseason games are starting on uh, Saturday and uh, significant games happening on uh, Friday and uh, Saturday. And uh, we'll probably save the, even though the brackets and seeds uh, were released, the brackets were released on a Friday, but we'll probably have to save that for another day with as much stuff as that we have to talk about uh, here today. And also uh, college basketball on a Saturday, the Illini, they got a win, and it's a significant win over Rutgers. It's a quad one win, and we'll take all those that we can get. Impressive second half uh, there for Illinois that we'll get into. And also, it's the post weekend, so we got to get you the top three moments from the uh, sports weekend as well. And whatever we don't get to here in the trust trial, we'll get to in the uh, podcast in some sort of a fashion. Uh, take a look at college basketball as a whole. Might hit up on NHL and uh, NBA, uh, possibly. And also, uh, big day today uh, spring training. Uh, some uh, pitchers and uh, catchers mm-hmm. are reporting uh, there to uh, their. Um, facilities to gear up for the World Baseball Classic uh, coming up here in uh, just a little bit as well. So, uh, And then, of course, uh, the countdown continues for the top 75 moments in NASCAR, according to Eric, and that's coming up in the uh, podcast as well. We're at the top 25, Travis. Top 25. That's right. We're six days away from the 500. (laughs) We're closing in on the big race, the great American race. Uh, there at Daytona, so uh, we'll get to that in the uh, podcast. And of course, so you can find that podcast wherever you find your favorite podcast: iTunes, Spotify, our website, FM Radio. 
Facebook.com and click on our podcast tab. That's where we have all of our podcasts as well as all of our games that we broadcast on our family of networks over on WCRA and Jack FM. And we'll have all those uploaded for you if you have any games that you're interested in listening back to. And maybe you want to go back and listen to a Friday night's game. We got it. And we're Saturday's games as well. We got them over there on the website. All right. Uh, we need to get into it because we got a lot to uh, get to. We got a lot to cover here today. So uh, let's get it started and let's jump right into it. And let's hit it up with first things first. Before we get into the show. First things first. And uh, that's where we're starting here today. Uh, and uh, no need to start with anything else. As the uh, Super Bowl last night, uh, the Chiefs, they're super again as uh, they won it all last night. A 38 a 35 game winning field goal in uh, the uh, final seconds. And uh, Patrick Mahomes has his uh, second Super Bowl ring and also was named Super Bowl MVP. And uh, the Chiefs are champions and on top of the football world once again. Breaking a couple curses along the way. They broke some curses. Yes. What curses There have been no regular season MVP to win a Super Bowl since Kurt Warner mm-hmm. did it. Yep, back that, in That now has been broken. Mm-hmm. There also was the Rocky statue curse in that if you put an opposing team's merchandise on the Rocky statue in Philadelphia... That team has lost every time. Hmm. Not anymore. Not anymore. To the huh? point to where uh, Kelsey for the Chiefs was telling fans, don't put anything on the Rocky statue. Don't tempt fate. <laughs> and they did, and it ended up working out. But it was a little iffy there uh, at the half, Travis. That's where I kind of tuned in uh, a little bit was there in that first half. And right at halftime, I saw Mahomes go down. I'm like, this is right. going to be bad. Well, I figured that the extended halftime would either be a good or bad, or bad. for yeah. Mahomes of extra rest on that ankle, or it could be good. And sure enough, it was as, uh, yeah, Philadelphia was leading by 10 points there, 24 to 14 at the half. And uh, the Eagles were flying high. They were looking good. And, uh, yeah, it was kind of a little scary moment there with uh, Patrick going down late in uh, the half and kind of limping around and then limping into the locker room. And it's like, oh, boy, here we go. Chad Hinney warming up, possibly. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, fortunately, uh, that didn't happen uh, for uh, Kansas City as uh, Philadelphia now becomes only the second team to uh, blow a 10-plus uh, lead at halftime, and they joined the Atlanta Falcons with that distinction uh, there, that game that they lost to the uh, Pats mm-hmm. uh, there as the Chiefs come out and uh, score four for four on second-half drives, three touchdowns, and one game-winning field goal uh, there at the very end. And, of course, everyone kind of talking about the talk of the town after the game immediately was that crucial uh, pass or that Mm -hmm. crucial holding penalty uh, there on uh, the Eagles late in that one. It was on a third down play, and uh, it caused uh, the Chiefs to get a first down, and they ran some clock, uh, and uh, they ran it all the way down as much as they could uh, there to kick the game-winning field goal. Yes, it ate up time. But let's first of all, two things. One, the Eagles cornerback came out and said it was a hold. Mm-hmm. It was called right. 
Yeah. The second thing was the Chiefs were already in field goal range anyways. Mm-hmm. Even on that third down play. Yeah, they, they still were, were going to kick a field goal. The only thing it affected was they took more time off the clock, which, yes, is a big thing, but that's it. It didn't affect the outcome of the game. Well, yeah, and what do we talk to about local coaches about all the time? Yep. One play doesn't no, decide the no, game. No, and, and it never does. And that one play, yes, it was a big crucial uh, call, and a penalty is a penalty no matter what time it is in the game. And, yes, it was one of the most crucial times in the yep. game, but still it was a penalty and whatnot. And Hurts probably would have had more time there, and who knows what would have happened, but – We'll never know. Here's what affected the game, Travis. It was 158 yards rushing for the Chiefs, and it was zero sacks for this vaunted Philly defense. The best passing defense. They're just going to pick Mahomes all over the place. They're going to sack him into the ground. No sacks, no picks. Yeah. I've said it, and I said it on Friday, and I'll say it again. This Eagles team played weak teams all season long. Yeah, and uh, there at one point in the game, it was the first time that they trailed in, in this postseason, and uh, so because uh, they didn't play it, anybody. Yeah, maybe it kind of. Yeah, they would have played the 49ers if they didn't have their quarterback situation. But yeah, I, I get your point. Yeah, I saw. I, I may. I may try to find it. It may have to wait till the podcast. But I saw someone with an exact list of the Eagles' entire season and the teams they played, and we'll go through it um, <laughs> because it's. Yeah, they didn't play anybody. So, uh, yeah, and they were talking about how uh, um, in the pregame uh, of how they thought the, the Eagles would go undefeated, and then they lost to the Commanders, and that kind of woke them up a little bit. And then obviously they would only uh, lose a couple more games in the regular season uh, there. But uh, it's kind of getting lost today on the even the Chiefs' win of uh, just how well Jalen Hurts played uh, last night. He had 304 yards throwing the football. He's throwing it all over the yard. Mm-hmm. And he rushed for three touchdowns as well. And he tied uh, Terrell Davis with the most rushing touchdowns in a Super Bowl and obviously the most rushing touchdowns by a quarterback in uh, the Super Bowl uh, as well. So uh, 15 carries, 70 yards, and those uh, three touchdowns uh, there on the ground for uh, Jalen Hurts. He did everything he could. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He did everything he could. Yeah. But it just it wasn't enough. Yeah. Now, the extra added bonus is Jalen Hurts, you're going to have to find yourself a new offensive coordinator. Yeah, it looks like he might be going uh, head coaching gig. Yes. In Indy? In Indy. Yeah, I think I saw that. It was announced uh, kind of before the game, so uh, mm. we'll talk more about that later on. But, yeah, this – now, the other thing I wanted to bring up, Travis, and mm-hmm. it's the same argument you had whenever I made the comment about MJ and LeBron the day after LeBron broke the scoring record. And that is the people who are calling this the greatest Super Bowl ever. Mm. Let it breathe. Let it yeah, breathe. Yeah, there's a lot of good That's conversations. The, you, can't, you can't go back and look at the, the day after and say this is the greatest of all time. You have to look back in a year and see if it's still remembered as fondly. Then it can be made an argument. Yeah. But the day after is not the time to go this is the greatest super bowl of all yeah, time there's a lot of reactions to uh every super bowl like yes, that and everyone you know, says that the day after the super bowl if it's anywhere close yeah, if it's, it's a decent game is patrick mahomes the greatest quarterback of all time now yeah. is travis kelsey the greatest tight end ever i will <laughs> it's say happening this. all over the place andy Reid cemented his hall of fame yeah. with this win mm-hmm. he's announced he's coming back he says he plans on it anyways and i think you gotta have 
Patrick Mahomes on the short list of Hall of Fame quarterbacks right now. No, for sure. He, he definitely is there. Yeah. His, yeah, this definitely puts him uh, over the top now. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of that Super Bowl kind of haunted him when he lost uh, to the Bucks. Uh, there, I didn't uh, realize until after the game, and I looked it up of uh, when the when the Chiefs lost the Super Bowl that it was mm-hmm. such a big blowout yep. uh, there. So yep. fortunate it, it wasn't was. a blowout this time around uh, for for the game. It was it was a great game. Yep. See, except for that, you know, holding he, call at the very end. Here's but. the thing, though, Travis. When you talk about Patrick Mahomes, he's 27. Yeah, he's got, got a lot long, of football left in him. He got a long way to go. And yep. the worst he's ever done is. The conference championship. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's the worst he has ever finished in a season. Yep. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Yep. There's not a lot of quarterbacks that can say that. No. So. And, and I love how the uh, narrative uh, Travis Kelsey even uh, said at the end of the game of uh, everyone that doubted him uh, this season and all the doubters. Well, I mean, the doubters were. We're there. Don't get me wrong. This is not like a, a Georgia situation where after they won the national championship, they're like, oh, everyone doubted us. It's like, who doubted Georgia winning the national right. championship? You're all favored to get back to the playoffs and one of the favorites in the SEC, but that's what Kirby Smart did. He beat a, in, into the kids that everyone doubted him. Yep. And uh, there were some doubts with the Chiefs of, you know, what would this offense look like without Tyree Kill and uh, everyone uh, talking about Russell Wilson joining up with the Denver Broncos and whatnot. So uh, maybe the, some doubters were there, even though it's not as loud as maybe Kelsey might perceive it to be. But but uh, still, there were some doubters, and uh, you should never count out the Chiefs. They never count out Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. And one last thing, you know, Mahomes' numbers weren't, I mean, they weren't flashy. 182 yards, three touchdowns is good. But, Travis, you look at his postseason, the whole po- postseason, 72% completion percentage, 703 yards. No, we've seen quarterbacks throw for more yards. But seven touchdowns, zero picks. Zero picks the entire postseason for, for uh, Patrick Mahomes. That right there is why the Chiefs are there. You don't have to be flashy. You just have to be smart. Mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes was smart this postseason. Mm -hmm. We didn't see the crazy, you know, run around craziness plays that we usually see from Patrick Mahomes. This was a much more subdued, dare I say, mature postseason from Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, there was that one dangerous pass uh, last night Yes, uh, that almost got picked off, but... Uh, not to be, and also, you know, Patrick Mahomes uh, running the football as well, that late run uh, that he had kind of set him up in a position, and then the one uh, touchdown before that, uh, that punt return, which uh, by uh, Tony, that was the longest punt return in Super Bowl history as well to set him up for the touchdown and those two wide-open touchdowns. Brilliant play calling by Andy Reid of disguising uh, some of the receivers, and that's what got him so wide open mm-hmm. and whatnot. So uh, I thought uh, overall, pretty uh, entertaining Super Bowl. What did you think of the halftime show? Well, look, I mean, you either like Rihanna's music or you there don't. You yep. So, I mean, Chris Stapleton absolutely killed it on the national anthem. Like, mm-hmm. that's the bar. That's the best national anthem ever. Don't be stealing my thunder. We'll talk more about that <laughs> later. Sorry. 
<laughs> Sorry, but Yeesh. it was it was pretty good. And you know, I mean, hey, you see everyone online. You either it's either the best Super Bowl halftime show or the worst Super right. Bowl halftime that's, show. It's that's been the everything. the case every everybody year. every year. That's the case. Yeah. And you know, I see people you know all over social media. Maybe it's because of you know where we live and the the people I know on social media saying when can't we get a country star for a halftime show? The answer is no, because they there isn't. Not since Garth Brooks. Right. There hasn't been that electrifying country guy. That charisma just oozes that the nation would want to see. The Brian uh, Morgan Wallen? No. Nope. Maybe. I, I don't I don't think I don't think their stage presence is big enough for that stage. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, nothing compares to Garth, that's right. for sure. Right. So, and you know, I think Garth's the only country act to do a Super Bowl. I'll look that up real quick. Yeah, you look that up, and uh, we'll uh, talk about that. And of course, what I love is after championships is the uh, favorites to win it all oh, of next course. season, yes, yes. and that is the Chiefs. Uh, they are the uh, plus five fifty odds to win. Uh, next year's Super Bowl. Uh, the 49ers are right behind them, plus 600. The Bills, uh, plus 650. And the Eagles right there at plus 800. And the Bengals are plus 900. Uh, there, if you're wondering, the uh, Bears are plus 10,000 to mm. win next year's Super Bowl. So sprinkle some entertainment, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> the Colts are plus 8,000 to uh, take next year's uh, Super Bowl. So uh, the, it looks like the Chiefs are leading the way in the uh, power rankings for uh, way too early uh, next year's Super Bowl odds uh, there for the uh, Chiefs. Uh, even though we haven't had a repeat champion in quite a while, uh, I don't think so. Um, where is next year's Super Bowl? I think it's either in Vegas or Houston. I don't know. I'll have to look that one up. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Chiefs winning it all, taking it all. And uh, Travis Kelsey gets bragging rights over Jason Kelsey at the Thanksgiving table and at Christmas yep. and on his podcast as well. Of course. And uh, so uh, Travis Kelsey wins the battle of the uh, Kelsey brothers last night. So uh, that uh, does it for the Super Bowl. That does it for the NFL. But have no fear. They promoted it quite heavily last night. The USFL coming back in a few short weeks. And the XFL as well uh, coming back in a few short weeks as well. So uh, football may not be too far away if you're interested in either one of those mm-hmm. two uh, things. But uh, right now we step away and we'll return to talking some local sports that happen on a Friday and a Saturday from the basketball world coming up here on the starting lineup. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back. You shouldn't let financial concerns spoil your retirement. And you shouldn't have to worry about what you'll leave for your family after you're gone. If you set up a tax-free inheritance for your loved ones with single premium whole life insurance, you can drop your worries and enjoy your retirement. Contact your local Pekin Insurance agent to request a single premium whole life quote. And in Effingham, call Tingley Insurance at 217-342-3637 and we'll go beyond the expected for you. 
Attention farmers, time to get the farm equipment ready for spring planting. Your local Dust and Sun Auto Supplies is once again hosting its annual Wix Farm Filter Days. Don't wait. Get your list together so you can stock up and save. Purchase must be made between February 20th through the 24th and February 27th through March 3rd. During these dates, Dust and Sun will be offering special pricing on all Wix filters. See any of our sales team for details. This annual event is going on at all Dust and Sun Auto Supplies locations. Did you know that roughly 40% of people give up on their New Year's resolutions by February? And since losing weight is a very popular resolution to make, that means many of them have gone back to their old habits. They got tired of counting calories, exercising a lot, so they gave up. Plan Z Diet, on the other hand, is a diet that will help you lose weight and keep it off in the long run. This is Haley. I'm a Plan Z Dieter in Nashville, and in the year 2020, I lost 31 pounds in 50 days with Plan Z. And that's actually what dieters lose on average with Plan Z, over 30 pounds in just over six weeks. Impressive, right? Well, Plan Z dieters don't lose weight and then slowly gain it back like with other diet programs. No, Plan Z will stick with you to help you keep it all off in the long run. On Plan Z, you won't be counting calories, you won't be working out, you won't be drinking shakes or eating frozen meals from a box like other diet programs make you do. You'll eat real food fresh from the store, and Plan Z has literally over a thousand recipes you can choose from. Looking and feeling your best is just 50 days from now with Plan Z. So start your success story. First thing you need to do is watch the quick five minute video on Plan Diet.com and learn how to conquer the crave. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone, America's number one brakes destination. We have the pads, rotors, drums, shoes, and brake fluids to improve your stopping power. Right now, save 15% when you get any two Duralast rotors with a set of Duralast brake pads. Missing a tool? Ask about our free loan a tool program and borrow the tools you need to get the job done. Get in zone, AutoZone. Claim based on data from the MPD Group 2021. Deposit required for a loan of tool. Let me guess. Unknown caller? You could reduce the number of unwanted calls and emails with online privacy protection. The latest innovation from Discover will help regularly remove your personal info, like your name and address, from 10 popular people search websites that could sell your data. And we'll do it for free. Activate in the Discover app. See terms and learn more at discover.com slash online privacy protection. Sports are easy to disagree on. Let's see what happens when sports talk hosts talk about something they agree on. Hold on. I'm saying drivers who switch and save with Progressive could save hundreds. Well, I disagree. I think drivers who switch and save with Progressive could save hundreds. <laughs> Come on. Wait, I think we're saying the same thing. Oh, so uh, what do we do now? Everyone agrees that drivers who switch and save with Progressive could save hundreds. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings by new customer surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2020 and May 2021. Potential savings will vary. Hello there. My name is Seychelle, and what makes the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich original to me is the punch of flavors that's unlike any other. You get the crispy tenderness of the chicken and that hint of sourness from the pickles. Ta-da! <laughs> Hey, I'm Juan, and what makes the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich original to me is you know you're going to get chicken that's crispy, golden, and juicy. This is the gold standard of chicken sandwiches. Order the original Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich on the Chick-fil-A app today. Real customers paid for their testimonials. And now... Welcome in to the podcast exclusive of the starting lineup. Travis Sparks here. As I let Todd Stapleton go, I certainly appreciate, <clears throat> excuse me, the starting lineup. My gosh. Stop the recording. On 98.9 The Game. 
Welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup. We're on 98.9 The uh, Game, ESPN Radio. Travis Sparks, Eric Fry, hanging out with you. Coming up, let's talk some uh, local sports that happened over the uh, weekend. And uh, let's get to uh, the action that happened on uh, Friday uh, 1st. As it was a Nioga over Oblong Palhut, 67-48. It was a Wizards 2 Straws over CHBC, 51-36. Robinson over Red Hill, 85-71. Mount Zion over Mattoon, 64-51. Casey over Lawrenceville, 47-38. Charleston over Marshall, 83-61. to uh, Sullivan Delian won over Greenville, 46-42 in overtime. And uh, Mount Carmel, they defeated Paris, 52-42. And uh, that at least clinches a share of the uh, Little Illini uh, Conference Championship uh, for uh, Mount Carmel at 6-1. Uh, and and uh, Casey and Newton will square off on a Tuesday. But uh, Mount Carmel... Uh, Officially, it clinches at least a share of the uh, conference title uh, there in the Little Illini. Uh, there for uh, the Aces, it was uh, South Central over Marbury Grove, 69 of 44, and Aiden Dotson record performance for him, 43 points in the win, and uh, that's the single game record now for uh, South Central, mm. 43 points for Mr. Dotson. Wow! And the Cougars now 20 and nine on the season, and uh, this is back to back years with 20 or more wins. First time that that happened since the 2008-2009 uh, seasons for them. So, uh, historic night Absolutely there in nice. South Central yes. on a Friday. Yep. And uh, I saw that Dietrich, they defeated all up. And then the two games that we covered over on our airwaves, uh, the Cumberland Pirates, they defeated Arcola 51-43. So, uh, Cumberland playing some good ball here, and they pick up another win over Arcola. Yeah, come from behind when they trailed 7-6 to six after that first quarter, Travis, but then uh, really kind of got it going a little bit in the, the, the second quarter. Uh, they led 23-16 to 16 at the half, so, you know, a close game. Uh, third quarter again, 31-27. You're thinking, uh-oh, this may be uh, a, a tight game against a team, again, you've already faced at the conference tournament this year, but Carmelo was able to put it away with uh, the final score being uh, 51 there to 43, so still a close game. But Travis, the man of the night, Gavin Hendricks, 31 points for Mr. Hendricks to go along with 12 rebounds for Gavin. So double-double from Gavin Hendricks kind of led the team uh, all around with 31 points. No one else for Cumberland had double figures. The next closest was McGee, who had eight points. Blake McMeekin added seven points as well. But it was was a back-and-forth affair in that final quarter uh, until Cumberland was finally able to step up, nail some free throws, and uh, get the win. And like you said, playing some good basketball. They're on a uh, five-game winning streak right now. Nice. Five-game win streak. Very nice Mm -hmm. uh, for the Pirates as they enter the uh, final week of the uh, regular season uh, for a boys uh, basketball. The two tough tough road trips uh, for the Pirates, going to Argenta tomorrow night and then Thursday going to Arthur. Mm, Finishing up on a Thursday uh, night there. So uh, a game that happened over on uh, Jack FM, Altamont. uh, They picked up the win over uh, St. Elmo Brownstown, 58-47. And uh, man, oh, man, uh, this season Altamont has not got off to uh, great starts. 
Uh, it seems like uh, every other night it's the same story. And uh, this one kind of was the same way as uh, St. Elmo jumped out to the 8 nothing lead to uh, start off the game. And then uh, Coach Niebuhr had called the timeout to gather the team. And then uh, Altamai went on a 10-0 run themselves to uh, take the lead at 10-8. And then Coach Wiesel called the timeout to uh, stop the uh, run for Altamont there. And uh, St. Elmo would eventually have the lead uh, 15-13. And the Eagles pretty much controlled the game for the first three and a half quarters, basically. And Altamont had to come back to uh, win this one. Uh, Avery Yarhouse was the difference maker in the third quarter. Threes were wild for him. Uh, he made three threes in the uh, third quarter. And that kind of propelled them and got the Indians going. And uh, they would end up outscoring uh, St. Elmo like 31-15 to in uh, the uh, second half. And they would uh, go on to win on a Friday. And it's never easy in St. Elmo. And uh, it wasn't on a Friday. 16-6 to they outscored them in the uh, final quarter to uh, get the win. Uh, Robinson led the way in the points department. He had 18. And Campbell... He was pretty good uh, for uh, SEB. had a 16, and uh, Palsley, he had a 12 uh, there for the uh, Eagles in the double figures. So uh, that was the nice comeback win on uh, Friday. Well, what happened to Altamont on a Saturday? Well, uh, they participated in the NTC, a CIC a shootout there in Altamont. Let's run down the scores uh, there from the day. It was Central A&M getting the win by one point over Nioga, 51-250. to Nioga had the one-point lead after one, uh, but then uh, A&M with a big second quarter. They led 26-19 at the half. Get a little bit closer there into the third. They would have a 35-34 lead. Would uh, the Raiders and they would hold on to win as it was even in the uh, final quarter. Reynolds led the way for Nioga. He had 15. Richards had a 14 in the loss for Nioga. Next game was making Meridian over CHBC, a 66-52. CHBC actually had the one-point lead after one quarter. Uh, Meridian uh, took the lead going into half with a strong second, and they also had a strong third quarter as well. And then 25 points put up in the final quarter for the Hawks would pick up the win. Um, Callum led the way for CHBC. He had 19, and Wojcik. He had 10. Next game was SEB over Sullivan, so they bounced back after the loss on Friday. You get a win over Sullivan, 64-48. It was 22-13 uh, after one quarter for St. Elmo, and they would go on to win. Outwood had a 17. Campbell had 16. Apostle, he had 16. And Stein had 11 points for the Eagles. Dietrich won over Warrensburg Latham, 46-42. This was tied at 6 after 1. Tied at 14 at the half. Warrensburg had the one-point lead, 29-27 after three, but a 19-13 outscoring uh, for uh, Dietrich in the uh, final quarter and uh, would win the Maroons the game. Tanner Will led the way. He had 14. Wessendorf also had 14 as well. And uh, Gephardt had 11 for uh, Dietrich picking up the win over the Cardinals. Uh, speaking of Cardinals, it was North Clay beating Shelbyville in a high-scoring affair, 83-74. North Clay had the 22-17 lead after one. Lil had 44-40 at the half. Shelbyville outscored him 23-22 in the second quarter. Um, and uh, North Clay had uh, the advantage in the third. And then another 21-20 fourth quarter for North Clay would give them the win. Fleener had 23. Zimdars had 19. Booze was 16. 
our booze with 13 and Smith with 16. Uh, Widener had 10. So there you go. One, two, three, four, five players in double figures for the Cardinals. And Shelbyville, six of their players that played, six of the seven were in double figures as well. So mm. uh, everybody filling it up there. Uh, in that one, uh, Winds two straws. They picked up the big win over Casey, fifty-six to uh, fifty-two. This was tied at thirteen after one quarter. Windsor had the five-point lead at the half, and then uh, they still hung on to that in the third. And then Windsor outscored them twenty-one to seventeen in the fourth to get the win. Austin Wittenberg went off as this was before the Altamont game, and a quite impressive performance from him. Thirty points mm. for Austin Wittenberg. Uh, Jackson Parcel led the way for Casey. He had a 14 in uh, the loss there. And then in the uh, final game of the night, it was uh, the uh, win streak is uh, snapped. It's over as Altamont fell in in this one to the Warriors, 64 to uh, 38. And uh, Tuscola, they came in ready to play, and uh, they also could not miss from a three-point range. Uh, I saw some uh, stats out there, uh, and uh, one had them had 14 threes into the game by the Warriors, and I think they only missed two of them. Oh, so oh, the 14 brutal. for 16 or something like that. Uh, they were wide open uh, threes at that too, and Tuscola uh, just uh, knocked them down uh, there. And uh, so uh, quite the performance and impressive one uh, for uh, Tuscola there in uh, this one as, uh, you know, Altamont, they uh, came out of the gate slow once again. You know, they are down 6-2 in the early going, and then uh, there was a line change made, five guys out, five guys in, and uh, they played uh, pretty well against uh, the group that Tuscola uh, had. Uh, Jordan Quinn had five in the first quarter, and Tuscola had the 17-13 to lead, um, and it was a one-point game, really, mm-hmm. before uh, Josiah Horton made a three-pointer at the buzzer kind of hit it around Coleman there at the buzzer to give him that uh, four-point lead uh, there after one and I thought that really uh, got him going and yep. they just carried that momentum throughout the entire game and you know they couldn't miss from beyond the arc it sounds like Travis to put it in boxing terms it started out jab jab exchanging jabs and then Tuscola came out with a haymaker a hook and an uppercut and Altamont still throwing jabs yeah and just couldn't couldn't compete no uh you know you're gonna have those sometimes i think this is the best thing that could have happened for altamont i agree because now you you got the win streak off your back thing that's not something to worry about now you can refocus for next week yeah meaning you know regionals starting on saturday right yeah you know if a performance like this happens in the postseason you're done a week your from season's saturday over. if this happens you're done <laughs> yeah i mean i know coach Niebuhr didn't uh agree and think oh, that they no, needed to uh, lose uh but i think this is a good wake-up call yep. uh for the uh indians uh to uh get this uh, win streak done uh, impressive one along the way 18 games uh they hadn't lost since uh, december 17th and uh so uh, to Greenville, so now Altamont sky's not falling. Twenty-three and four overall, and uh, they'll focus to a senior night coming up tomorrow night against uh, St. Anthony, and then uh, to close out the season against Windsor's Two Straws. Yeah, two games, two tough games to end the season. Sure. And Travis, I gotta, I gotta tell you, I'm gonna be watching those polls when we talk about them this week. Mm-hmm. Did LSA? You know, we talked about LSA and yeah. and Altamont. They had to make that gap a little bit bigger. 
Yeah, for sure. And I think that I've already saw some polls already this morning uh, that some people uh, look at, and they fell pretty significantly in uh, those mm. polls. But mm. Mm. Uh, Quinn, uh, Jordan Quinn, he led the way for uh, Tuscola. He had 23. Uh, Sweet Nam, he had 14, and he had like four three-pointers in the game as well. Uh, Horton and James, both in double figures as well uh, for the Warriors, who improved to 22 and a 6, and they'll be taking on the Nioga tomorrow night. Other games uh, from other area games in the Topolis shootout was Robinson over Matt Toon. Troy Triad all over St. Anthony, 61-39. to It was FEM over Jerseyville, 66-44. And then in the nightcap, it was the Topolis picking up the win over Centralia, 44-38. And it was Newton over Pena in overtime, 56-53. Uh, this was tied at 44 at the end of regulation. Uh, Gear had 14. Nichols had 12 for uh, the Eagles. Uh, Pebbles for uh, Pena, 31 in the losing effort uh, there. Forgot to mention the game on a Friday night as it was Alney getting a little bit of revenge of the uh, yep. LIC championship game yep. as they were all over Newton on Friday night, 66-45. Alney picked up the win. They're a big third quarter. Uh, Alney outscored them 22-9 to into the third to get the win on uh, Friday. Then, obviously, Newton would bounce back with the win in OT, and then Alney would also pick up a win over Flora by a point, 35-34 uh, there as well in boys' basketball. In uh, girls' of basketball, regionals began on uh, Saturday in the Class 1A North Clay Regional. It was uh, South Central getting the win over Dietrich, 54-44. to South Central jumped out to the 11-5 to lead, and uh, they went on uh, to win every quarter after that. Uh, Webster, 23 points for South Central. Caitlin Swift had 14. Uh, Brummer had 15. And Britton had 14 uh, for uh, the uh, Maroons there. And then also in the North Clay Regional there in Louisville, it was a North Clay getting the win over Altamont, 55-44. And that closes the book on the Altamont Lady Indians season comes to a close there on Saturday night against the host North Clay Cardinals. Yeah, and unfortunately, Altamont came out, gave up 21 points in that first quarter. We're down 21-11. to 11. Uh, They did outscore North Clay in the second, but only 10-9. Uh, so, you know, it was a nine-point game at half, and you're like, all right, maybe there's some Something here, um, but then uh, got outscored again, 12-10 in uh, the third quarter, and, and it was just too big of a deficit. Uh, Claire Bame got injured at the end of the second quarter, so she didn't play the rest of the game. Uh, she had seven points in that first half to lead the team at the half, uh, but just uh, couldn't couldn't come back in. Skyler Klein ended up with 11 points to lead the team. Um, Claire had 11, like we said, and then uh, it was uh, Remington Miller had seven points as well. And for Altamont, it, Travis, they were 6 of 28 from 3, and they were 17 of 64 from the field. Hmm. You don't win a lot of games when you're shooting 26% from the field, taking 64 shots. No. That's not a recipe, and especially when you send the other team, North Clay, to the free throw line 31 times. Sure. And that was one player for North Clay. Ballard went to the free throw line oh, 20, yeah. 21 times. Yeah, I'm not in, surprised. In, in that game. And, yes, they only knocked down 16 of those you know, free throws, but when Altamont only goes to the line nine times, there's a big discrepancy there that mm -hmm. makes it hard to come back when you're not getting to the free throw line as mm -hmm. often. And North Clay, kind of like you mentioned, the North Clay boys, Travis, the North Clay girls had four players in double figures 
as well, led by Price and Ballard, who each had 14 points. Uh, it was Van Dyke who added 13 points, and finally it was uh, Shashevsky who had 12 points as well. So, yeah, Altamont's season comes to an end, like you said, uh, talking to Coach post game, and you know she said she was proud of the way the girls played and battled, and she said it was it was a hard season, like it it was. It, it was a trying season, but the way they played on Saturday night makes her look forward to the fall and the first practice. And she said, if you guys come in with this kind of attitude and this kind of hustle and passion that you showed in this game in week one of practice in November, we're going to be very tough to beat. Mm-hmm. So uh, I look forward to that. And we'll, we'll have coach on the show here a little bit later on, uh, maybe this week or next week to, to kind of wrap up the season as well here sure. on the starting lineup. But uh, yeah, just, uh, just, just, just not enough offense there on, on Saturday night for Altamont. Yeah, definitely not how we envisioned the Lady Indians uh, season uh, no. finishing up there. Uh, of course, it all changed there on December 21st uh, yep. with uh, Grace yep. uh, going down there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been... End the season on an 11-game losing streak. Yeah, and I think that it was kind of, you know, dis- disheartening mm-hmm. uh, there as, you know, losing isn't fun. No. And I don't think the girls were having... A lot of fun, but it sounded like the, they had a nice effort on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think really kind of uh, when they were trying to navigate this uh, world playing without uh, Grace Nelson uh, in the lineup, the, the conference tournament really kind of broke their spirit yep. uh, a little bit, uh, losing to Windsor's two straws in that close fashion mm-hmm. that they had. They had a couple of opportunities there, but it was Windsor's second game of the day. And then yep. uh, they turned around on Saturday, and uh, they ended up losing by 20 to South Central. And it was the same group that uh, beat South Central like a couple weeks Their prior. Their last win of the year. Yeah, 66-48. And uh, so that was kind of disheartening that uh, the game flipped by that much. Yeah. And then obviously uh, playing that the tough closing stretch that the yep. uh, Indians do with T-Town, Nakomis, Father McGivney, Paris to close out the season yep. as well. All great teams. Absolutely. Uh, there so and, and again you know it's just a a you know again you try to look at the positives in a situation like this you're losing one player yeah all these players are going to come back they all now know their roles they all now know how to act without grace nelson on the floor which mm-hmm. i think is a big key yeah i i think this altamont team is going to be much much better next year and as coach told me post game she said state championship or bust like, we're going for it next year. Nice. And I love that that's the positive mentality. That's the sure. attitude of we're not going to think about this season. We're not going to look down and say, what was us? We're looking forward. And as right. she said to me post game, she said, I think she said Denzel Washington. I believe that's right. She said, when you fall, fall forward. And that's what Altamont says they're doing. They're going to fall forward. Hmm. So. Gotcha. Yeah, it's a nice uh, outlook yep. uh, to look at it that way. Uh, for sure, Skyly Klein, for sure, one of those players that stepped up oh, yeah. in uh, Nelson's absence. But Claire Bain as well. Yeah, for sure. And uh, so uh, we'll look forward to uh, hearing uh, Coach Lurkin's final thoughts on uh, this season. And uh, their season uh, comes to a close there on a Saturday. Uh, in the Indioga Regional, is Windsor's two straws over Casey, 43-32. A CHBC one over Martinsville, big 71-21. CHBC got out to the 32 to one lead Ugh. after the first quarter, uh, and that was uh, went on to cruise to the victory. Uh, Heckert had 19, Rodman had 14, Gore had 13, and Wojcik 
had 11. And it was Cumberland over Ramsey, 59-29. It was uh, Becker leading the way for Cumberland. She had 21. Flora Regional was Salem over Marshall in 2A, 46-42. And it was Newton over Flora, 46-41. In the Carmine-Owai County Regional, it was Carmine-Owai County over oblong Powhut 47-18. And it was Mount Carmel over Lawrenceville, 51-27. So Windsor goes on, and they'll face the number one seed, Neoga. And uh, CHBC will square off against a Cumberland. Um, both those games will be uh, tomorrow night in the Neoga Regional. Uh, also uh, picking up wins on Saturday was Okaw Valley over Macon, uh, 51-43. And now they'll advance to play the uh, two-seed Tri-County uh, tonight there in Arcola. And Central A&M beat Heritage 54-13. And they'll advance to uh, play the three-seed Arcola tonight there in the Arcola Regional. Also, uh, Georgetown Ridge Farm and beat Chrisman 47-24. They'll advance to take on the number one seed Tuscola tonight in the Salt Fork Regional. And uh, with that win for South Central, they are going to face the two-seed St. Anthony tonight. They're in uh, North Clay, and since North Clay got the win on uh, Saturday, they'll face the three-seed of Brownstown uh, tomorrow evening in the uh, North Clay uh, Regional there. And uh, Carmine White County, they'll play Teutopolis uh, tonight, and uh, Mount Carmel will square off against Fairfield there in Carmine White County. Uh, this evening uh, there and uh, Sullivan beat Shelbyville 73-40 on Saturday so they'll advance tonight there in Paris to take on the number one seed Paris and it's uh, Arthur taking on Tri-Valley as they beat uh, Monticello on Saturday 48-41 Robinson will take on Salem tonight in Flora and Vandalia will square off against Newton uh, tonight there in Flora as well all right, so uh, let's take a look at other uh, action. Uh, I forgot to mention that the boys' basketball uh, state tournament took place on Saturday, uh, the Class 1A uh, state tournament there in Mawequa. It was uh, Sacred Heart picking up the win over Mattoon St. John's, 41-39. I'll have more to say about that coming up here in just a little bit. Hmm, how uh, funny. And uh, Christ All Rock, or Christ, not Christ All Rock, Christ the King, Springfield uh, defeated Sacred Heart later on in the state semifinal. 65 to a 39 Sacred Heart there, will be in the so. third place game yeah third place game there on Thursday uh, St. Anthony advancing and they'll play for the championship as they defeated Champaign St. Matthew 45-35 and they defeated uh, Bishop McNamara 49-41 so St. Anthony playing for a state title there and in the 3A state tournament there in Tolono is East St. Louis Lincoln over to Topolis 37-36 Games going on tonight. We got St. Elmo and Ramsey. Uh, other games that I didn't mention is uh, in the 3A Mattoon Regional. It's FEM against Charleston and Mattoon against Olney uh, there. So, uh, and the schedule and everything is on our website. Click on our local sports tab yep. uh, there and check, take a look at that. All right, uh, so uh, let's take a break and uh, let's come back and let's talk some Illinois win on a Saturday against Rutgers coming up next. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios will be right back. This is Effingham Fire Chief Brent Yoakum. We have all heard about home fires, taking lives, and destroying all out of family homes. These tragedies remind us to double check for fire safety. The Effingham Fire Department says, make sure your home has properly installed and working smoke alarms. Replace the batteries each time you change the hour on your clocks. Practice a fire escape plan. Teach children never to hide if there's a fire. In case of fires, the most important thing to do is to protect life. Get out and stay out. 
Imagine the possibilities with the Topless State Bank. This is Justin Naders. If you're buying a home, see us to get pre-qualified. When you're pre-qualified, the seller knows you mean business, and that can save you thousands. If you're building a new home, we'll help you get started with a construction loan customized just for you. Ask around. Talk to your friends. You'll see why so many homes start with a little help from Teutopolis State Bank. In Teutopolis, Sigel, and Effingham. Equal housing lender and member FDIC. And now, where this is the furthest Effingham has gotten and how many times? I'm going to get blasted for getting this wrong. Who wants to go first? Travis. Third round, three times. Semis. Once. Once. This year. The starting lineup. Like I said, by next week it'll no, be completely No, no, that's wrong. Well, I mean, okay, no it's not. It's okay. Everyone gets $5. Jesus, oh, that was so stupid. On 98.9 The Game. So stupid. <laughs> thought this was a freaking trick question. Eric Fry, Sports Center update. Ryan O'Reilly helped the Blues avoid disaster during a 6-5 overtime win for the Arizona Coyotes at Enterprise Center on Saturday. St. Louis blew a three-goal third-period lead to send the game into the extra frame where O'Reilly hit the game winner the second minute in. The Blues are now sixth place in the Central Division with 51 points. They host Florida tomorrow. DeAndre Goldston hit a buzzer-beater three to give Mizzou an 86-85 upset victory over number 5 Tennessee. Uh, Missouri held a 12-point halftime lead, but the Tigers let it slip away in the second half for Goldston's heroics. Mizzou is now 19-6 overall, 7-5 in the SEC. They visit number 4 Auburn tomorrow night. The MLB is starting back up as Cardinals pitchers and catchers that are participating in the World Baseball Classic report to spring training today. Catcher Yvonne Herrera and pitchers uh, Genoese Cabrera, uh, Gallegos, Joseph King, Miles Michaelis, Andre Pallanti, uh, Wilfred Peralta, Jojo Romero, Adam Wainwright, and Zerga will be in camp today. The rest of the St. Louis rosters will start reporting on Wednesday. The Bulls had another rough fourth quarter during a 97-89 loss to the Cavaliers in Cleveland on Saturday. The Bulls took a five-point lead into the final frame before being outscored 28-15 to end the game. Zach Levine led Chicago with 23 points in the losing effort. The Bulls are 11th place in the Eastern Conference at 26-30. Chicago hosts Orlando tonight, and the Blackhawks fell to the Jets. Welcome back in to the starting lineup. Travis Sparks here, Eric Fry over there with the uh, Sports Center hit there. All right, uh, let's uh, quickly uh, talk about the uh, Illini game that happened on uh, Saturday as this one, uh, just like the Eagles or just like the Chiefs. Uh, Illini were down by four at halftime uh, to uh, Rutgers, and uh, things weren't looking so uh, great there for the Illini, but uh, second half, what a, a comeback there. And uh, Illini go on a 19-0 run mm-hmm. and a 10-minute stretch where Rutgers didn't score at all. They missed 15 consecutive shots, and uh, the Illini would end up outscoring them 39-26 to there in the second half to come away with the win on a Saturday there at uh, State Farm Center and what a performance it was there in the second half. Yeah, Coleman Hawkins had 18 points to lead the Illini. And, you know, that second half, like you said, nice come from behind victory for Illinois. That's what you need. And it started with the defense, yeah. not the offense. And that is what we've come to expect from a Brad Underwood coach team. Dane Danger. Well, yeah. I was also good offensively, but also good defensively as well. And uh, Ty Rogers, what a defensive performance uh, he had as he kind of was one of those guys that kind of sparked it there in the 
uh, second half and it kind of turned it around when he was in the game. And in fact, Ty Rogers checked in with 15.04 left in the second half. Illinois was down 47-41, and then he later checked out 10 minutes later, and the Illini were up 60-47. to He also had five rebounds, a block, and assist down the stretch uh, there for Mr. Ty Rogers. I will say this, my boy Epps let me down, but that's okay. <laughs> three of nine from the field, 0 for 4 from three, one rebound, one assist, four turnovers. Yeah. Bad day. Yeah, and uh, Luke Goody uh, played five minutes yep, in uh, this good one. Game out on the court. And uh, also, uh, RJ Melendez, my guy. Well, not doing so good. He was suspended on a mm. Saturday for a uh, violation of team rules Ooh. or something like that. And uh, the Illini are also 5 for 20 from three-point range. Yeah, that's not good. At one point in uh, the this stretch, uh, they were 11 from si- or f- eleven for 66 in uh, at home. That's mm. not good. No. <laughs> but, uh, hey, you pull it out in uh, the second half with their defensive effort, and, again, and it wins a win. It wasn't pretty. You got, you know, 17 turnovers to nine for Rutgers. You only out-rebounded them by five. Like, Let's be honest, it was not a pretty game, but no. a win is a win. A win is a win, and the Illini will take it, and uh, they'll be on the road uh, tomorrow as it's right back at it against Penn State as we go on with this uh, little uh, stretch that we're on here since the postponement of that Minnesota game. So uh, back in action really quickly, and uh, that game is uh, scheduled for a 6 o'clock tip tomorrow evening and uh, five o'clock will be the pregame uh, show coverage coming up here on ESPN Radio 98.9. So uh, let's uh, continue on and uh, let's close things out with a top three, top three moments from the sports weekend. And that's where we're closing out the show with. From the 98.9 The Game Studios, the starting lineup will be right back. <laughs> I'm probably okay to have one more drink before I drive home. I'm probably okay. I open the window to stay alert. Probably okay. I just popped some gum in my mouth. Step out of the car, please. I probably made a mistake. Probably okay isn't okay when it comes to drinking and driving. If you see a warning sign, stop and call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzzed driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. And now. But then uh, tomorrow I'll open up a uh, three-game set with the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks coming up uh, tomorrow. But enjoy St. Louis Cardinal baseball right here and right now on 98.9 The Game. The starting lineup. Oh, I still got, we still got a few more minutes. What am I doing? What am I doing here? You're supposed to keep me. You're supposed to keep me on the rails here. I'm Jeez, sorry. my I, God. I was, I was, I was just agreeing with you. Oh my God. It's okay. Not really. But. Yeah, we still got a couple more minutes. Let's talk about Carrasco. On ninety-eight-nine, the game. Oh, I still got. We still got a few more minutes. What am I doing? Welcome back in to uh, the starting lineup, 98.9 The Game, and we're only here on 98.9 for say a smidge a bit longer, uh, coming up in the uh, podcast, we'll have more stuff to talk about, college basketball, more national sports, 
And we got a NASCAR countdown coming up as well as we got a recap pick 'em as well. For the final time. For the final time. That's right. So uh, we'll get to that. But right now we got to close out the show with like we always do on a post weekend. Let's get the top three. And now it's time for the top three. Top three moments from the uh, sports weekend and in no particular order, but I'll start off with my uh, number three, and it is uh, Northwestern uh, taking down uh, Purdue as the magical season uh, for Northwestern continues and beating number one Purdue and rushing the floor as well there for the Wildcats. Comes in at my number three. I'm okay with them rushing the floor, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, my number three is the Illini coming on strong in the second half. We just talked about it. Big moment, hopefully, start of some momentum for the Illini. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my uh, number two uh, moment comes here locally as Mr. Uh, Freddie Jansen is the young man's name as he hit a, a circus shot and he threw it all over his head as it was uh, the uh, game-winning shot ended up uh, beating Matt Toon there on uh, Saturday for a Sacred Heart and uh, that propelled them into the state semifinals there. So uh, what a circus shot to get the game winner uh, there for Freddie Jansen. That's also my number two, Travis, and that shot was amazing. But to me, the coach's reaction afterwards on that video, just awesome. That's why we love yeah. sports. He goes up into the crowd. I think he yeah, hugged coach his wife. Shooty, yeah. He's full of emotion. That's why we love sports. Yeah, Coach right Shooty coaching yep. the, the baseball team yep. as well. Definitely cares about the kids for yep. sure. So uh, that was uh, an awesome moment to uh, see uh, there for uh, Sacred Heart. And then uh, my number one moment in the uh, sports weekend, well, nothing else bigger than the Super Bowl. And that was the Chiefs winning it all again. But maybe it wasn't the Chiefs on that side. It was my favorite fan base in the entire world. The Eagles losing in the MLS Cup in the World Series, and now Eagles fans losing the Super Bowl. It can't happen to a better city. It can't happen to a better fan base than the uh, Philadelphia fans. So uh, them losing in another big game is my number one. Now you're just hoping the 76ers lose and the Flyers lose. There you go. Right? Now, I don't year. think there's any hope for the Flyers. Yeah. I don't think they're yeah. any good. But My number one was, as Travis mentioned earlier, Chris Stapleton's national anthem. It was yeah. awesome. It was powerful. It was, I mean, when you have players and coaches crying on the sideline yeah. before the game starts, that is a national anthem. And yeah. that's why Chris Stapleton is awesome. Yeah. So what a it, voice. Was, it was, I'll put it up there with Whitney Houston's. I don't know if I can say which one is better because Whitney's Super Bowl anthem is iconic it is, because yep. of the time that it happened and, mm-hmm. and all the emotions she had. Yep. But Chris is right there. I don't know if yep. I can say it's the best ever, but it's mm-hmm. right there. Yeah, it's a, a fair point with, with Whitney mm-hmm. Houston, that famous national anthem. But, yep. you know, we're also kind of biased here with uh, fans of country music. Well, and I just said, you can't well. look back at the game and say it's the greatest ever. I can't look back <laughs> at the true. anthem and say it's the greatest ever. It's true, but I do love Chris's voice. Yes. Uh, yes. For sure. One of the best in all of music and certainly one of the best in country music. Uh, for sure. So uh, that was definitely an awesome moment to uh, kick off the uh, Super Bowl uh, for sure. And then the game finally got kicked off after yeah. an hour, it seemed like, yeah. when it was supposed to start uh, there. So it got over at a pretty decent time. It wasn't anything too crazy uh, there. So uh, we'll probably have more stuff to 
to say on the Super Bowl coming up in the pods. Make sure you stick around uh, for that. So uh, coming up next here is more Super Bowl talk, I'm sure, with uh, Fitz and Harry and the rest of the ESPN radio crew. And we'll be back for you tomorrow. And catch us in the pod. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Welcome back in and welcome into the podcast. Welcome into overtime of the uh, starting lineup. Travis Sparks, Eric Fry still hanging out with you. Still got more national sports to uh, talk about. Still got more Super Bowl coverage to uh, unwrap and more college basketball to uh, look in on. And we got to recap a pick em for the final time. And we also got to get to Eric's countdown top 75 moments in the NASCAR history according to Eric coming up as well into the top 25 today mm-hmm. 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 so that's uh, all the things that we're exploring in the pod so let's get to it first before we get there is there anything on sports or anything want to clean up yeah as we alluded to the colts appear to have found their next head coach according to espn indianapolis plans to hire philadelphia eagles offensive coordinator shane sturkin as head coach the colts begin telling some head coaching candidates friday that they plan to go in another direction then notified more candidates on sunday uh, he would become the second Eagles offensive coordinator hired by the Colts as their head coach as hmm, Frank Wright, who was fired by the Colts earlier this season, was also Philadelphia's OC before being hired as Indy's head coach in 2018. So I guess Shane would last, what, four years? That's the average for a Philadelphia Eagles offensive coordinator as an Indy head coach? <laughs> uh, four years? Yeah. I'll tell you this what, much. If you're you're taking that Indy job, there's no Jalen Hurts uh quarterback there to help that team and there ain't a defense there that's going to provide a lot for you that the philly defense did this year and uh yeah yeah good luck to you no yeah good luck that means jeff saturday's not coming back travis how sad are you about that dang it i am really bummed i know i'm really bummed about Uh, it the Pacers will be looking to put an end to their four-game losing streak. Indy is hosting the Utah Jazz tonight. Pacers have struggled over the past month after dropping 15 of their last 17 games. Tonight's battle is the final meeting of the season between Indy and Utah as the Pacers lost a 20-point game to the Jazz back in early December. Travis, tell me if you've heard this story before. Okay. The Jets are asking the Packers to potentially trade for a Hall of Fame-bound quarterback. Have you yeah. heard this story before? I think I have, yeah. Yes. Sounds well, the, familiar. The Jets, according to ESPN, the Jets have acquired with the Green Bay Packers about Aaron Rodgers' availability. The Jets have already hired Nathaniel Hackett, Rodgers' former offensive coordinator in Green Bay, as their new offensive coordinator. Jets owner Woody Johnson said after the season that he believed adding a proven quarterback is the missing piece to ending the team's playoff drought. The 39-year-old quarterback said last week that he's going on a darkness retreat during which he plans to contemplate his playing future. Yeah. How how fitting would that be if he just went to the Jets? Yeah. Right? Just like Brett Favre. Just like Brett Favre. Uh, Speaking of quarterbacks, Derek Carr is not rushing any decisions this offseason. ESPN is reporting that the Raiders quarterback will not waive his no-trade clause and will not extend Wednesday's deadline that guarantees him more than $40 million on his current contract. Las Vegas may decide to release the 31-year-old by as soon as today. 
according to reports. Carr visited with the Saints last week and will be able to begin negotiations with any team if he is released by the Raiders. Hmm. New Mexico State University has canceled the remainder of its men's basketball season. The Sunday announcement came after allegations that a team member was the victim of hazing. The Aggies coaching staff had been placed on paid administrative leave on Friday. There have been no reports out of a connection between the hazing and a fatal shooting by a New Mexico State player that police ruled as self-defense. Going back to that shooting, Travis, the coaches told the players to get out of town, too, at the same time when that shooting happened. So all kinds of bad stuff going on out there in New Mexico State. Jeez. Yeah, no reason to, to go out there. And finally, New York le- Yankees legend Derek Jeter is joining Fox Sports for the upcoming MLB season. Sunday's announcement yeah. came during the network's coverage of Super Bowl 57 in Arizona. Jeter will serve as a studio analyst alongside fellow baseball greats David Ortiz, Frank Thomas, and Alex Rodriguez. MLB's regular season gets underway late next month. I thought yeah. Jeter and A-Rod hated each other. Wasn't that the narrative? No, isn't isn't that what we that heard? That was the narrative, yeah. Apparently not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're just going to tolerate each other for a little bit. Two Yankees and a, and a Red Sox. And a White Sox Angel. Yeah. Or A, not Angel. A. Yeah. Frank Thomas. So, so Frank yeah. the Tank. Yeah. That is your Sports Center. That's your Sports Center. All right. Uh, so uh, let's uh, move on into uh, some uh, college basketball. That happened this weekend on a Friday. A Butler they pulled off the upset over a then a 13 Xavier 69 to a 67. On a Saturday, a number three Alabama at the time they beat Auburn in the Iron Bowl. Probably less of a rivalry on the yeah. basketball floor than football. Much less. <laughs> uh, they got it done in the second half. That the Crimson Tide they rolled a 77-69. Stanford they upset number four Arizona 88-79. Number five, Texas over West Virginia, 94 to 60. It was Mizzou. Why did this not make my top three? I don't know. Maybe it involved the Tigers. Uh, they beat Tennessee on their home floor. Last second shot at the buzzer. Stunning the Volunteers. And it was 86-85, Missouri with the upset. Uh, UCLA over Oregon, 70-63. In overtime, Virginia got it done against Duke, 69-62. It was Kansas over Oklahoma, 78-55. Marquette over Georgetown, 89-75. Oklahoma State pulled off the upsetting against Iowa State, 64-56. Texas Tech also upset Kansas State, 71-63. Baylor over TCU, 72-68. St. Mary's over Portland, 81-64. It was Gonzaga by 7 over BYU, 88-81. It was Indiana pulling out the one-point victory, just squeaking it out there at the very end. 62-61, uh, Indiana. Trace Jackson Davis goes off for a 23. Uh, Hunter Dickerson had 16.7 boards in the loss. It was Miami over Louisville, 93-85. St. John's over Providence, 73-68. Creighton over UConn, 56-53. NC State over BC, 92-62. And it was San Diego State over UNLV, 82-71. And was there anything else on a Saturday in the Big Ten? It was Maryland over Penn State, 74-68. And in overtime, Nebraska beats Wisconsin, 73-63, outscoring them 12-2 in the extra session for the Cornhuskers, picking up the win over Wisconsin. 
Um, on Sunday, the only top 25 uh, matchup was that number one team, uh, Purdue, going down 64-58. to uh, 58, Northwestern rushing the floor, like I mentioned on my sports on a hit. Mm-hmm. And also on Sunday, it was Iowa picking up the win over Minnesota, 68-56. to uh, 56. Uh, Chris Murray going off for 28 points, 14 rebounds. And it was Michigan State all over Ohio State, 62-41. Only 14 points scored in the first half for Ohio State. Um, And Michigan State would go on to win there. So uh, that means that uh, the number one team of Purdue went down. That means we got a new number one coming up here on Monday. And what is this? Is this football? No. Alabama is the number one team in the land in the top 25 for the first time in 20 years. Hmm. Crimson Tide are on top of the basketball world, number one in the country. Yeah, that's surprising. I mean, not 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 that it's not deserved, but you don't think of Alabama in college basketball, Travis. At least I don't. Yeah, Alabama trying to uh, change the narrative that they're just a football school. Nate Oates took over in 2019 and uh, lead them, led them to the Elite Eight two years ago. And uh, he also has uh, pulled off one of the best recruiting classes uh, there. And uh, they uh, sat at the top of the AP polls, uh, spending a couple weeks there midway through the 02-03 season uh, there. And uh, so Alabama, new number one, they received 38 of the first place votes. Uh, Purdue is uh, falling all the way to three. Uh, Houston is at number two. Um, let's see here. Let's check out the uh, rankings here where it shows uh, the movers. Uh, UCLA, they're back up to uh, number four. Kansas, they're back up to number five. Texas, they drop a spot to number six. Uh, Arizona tumbled all the way to eight. Baylor jumped up five spots to nine. Tennessee fell uh, four spots to ten. Uh, Gonzaga, they moved up three to 13. Indiana, they moved up four to number 14. And Miami also moved up four spots to 15. Uh, Iowa State, free-fallen. They fell eight spots to 19. Uh, Creighton's up five spots with 18 at 18. Uh, San Diego State moved up four spots to 21. TCU will fell five spots to 22. Providence hanging on in the top 25. They fell four spots to 24. Florida Atlantic jumped back in to the top 25 as Rutgers uh, left the rankings. So after that loss against Illinois, and Florida Atlantic is back in it at number 25. Uh, Mizzou is leading uh, with the other receiving votes category. They had 114 votes. Uh, Northwestern, uh, they had 96 votes. And Illinois, there with 84 uh, votes in the AP poll, and I don't see them anymore in the coaches poll either. So they're mm-hmm. only getting 41 votes there for the Illini in the college basketball from over the weekend. Hmm. All right. I ain't watching in college basketball besides that little bit of Illini. No? Nope. Hmm. Uh, Zion's going to be out uh, beyond the All-Star break now. Yep. He had a yep. setback. Yep. Mm. Mr. Injury himself. Yeah, injury prone uh, for sure. Uh, let's check out some of the things that happened in the NBA. Uh, Suns, they got the win over the Pacers on Friday. 117-104. 76ers beat the Knicks 119-108. to 
Celtics picked up the win on Friday. Jason Tatum goes for 41. Um, Grizzlies beat the T-Wolves 128-107. Ja goes for 32. Uh, Cavs got the win over the Pelicans in the Mavs 122-114. Kyrie goes for 25 in the win. And Giannis scores 35 in the win against the Clippers 119-106 on a Friday. Uh, also, uh, Pistons, they beat the Spurs in double overtime, 138-131. to So, not just one overtime, it took two. Uh, 76ers, uh, they won on Saturday as well over the Nets, 101-98. Nuggets picked up the win, and just another night at the office, of course. 20th triple-double for Jokic, 30 points, 16 rebounds, 10 assists, for the big fella in the win over the Hornets, 119-105. He pulled one out in OT against Orlando. Pacers fell to the Wizards. Bulls fell to the Cavs, 97-289. Donovan Mitchell leads the way for the Cavs there. It was the Lakers over the Warriors, 109-103. Jordan Poole goes off for a 29 in the loss. And uh, the Kings beat the Mavs in overtime. 133 to 28 despite Kyrie's 28 points in that one. On Sunday, Celtics beat the Grizzlies, 119 to 109. And the Raptors beat the Pistons by a point, 119 to 118. No one really cared about any other sport besides the NFL on uh, Saturday or on Sunday. And speaking no, of really. uh, other sports, didn't even make the list because nothing really. Uh, happened like it did uh, uh, last year. Uh, but Sky Scheffler won the Phoenix Open, repeat champion, hmm. and also retakes number one in the world, in the golf world, uh, there with the win as well. So, But no no beer thrown up in the air this no. time around on no. uh, 16. Uh, Ricky Fowler, he had, a bur- or he had an ace on hole number seven there and then he proceeded to uh bogey bogey the next couple yeah. of holes to basically wipe it out so <laughs> thanks ricky uh but nothing really happened in there on uh, hole number uh 16 at the coliseum this time around uh there and just a ho-hum victory yeah. for uh, sky scheffler uh there for a repeat champion uh we were talking about uh earlier the jets and aaron Rodgers. well they have now hired some coaches that have uh ties with Derek Carr and Ryan Tannehill. So they're just trying to get all the coaches that have ties to quarterbacks, and then that way one will work out. So Mm. there you go with that. Uh, All right, I was going to follow up on my Eagles um, comment. Mm -hmm. Let's see if I can re-pull this up. I saved it. Now it's loading. What's your Eagles comment? Um, about the Eagles for the season. Oh. And how, um, gosh darn it, now I can't find it. Hold on. Uh, annoys me. Hmm. Continue on, Travis. Uh, well, this is, uh, one of the things that, uh, came out in, uh, MLB, uh, that, uh, kind of just came out. It uh, looks like the uh, extra inning rule is here to stay. And it's going to be uh, here for the regular season games from here on out. So extra runner Ugh, for extra it. innings. Hate it's gonna, it. Well, hate it, but embrace it because it's uh, sticking around from 2023 and beyond. 
not a fan. All right. I found what I was looking for. So I'm pulling up the Eagles schedule. All right. And here we go. This is, uh, I'm not taking credit for any of this. Someone else found this and came up with this. So here's the Philadelphia fraud season recap. Okay. So they start off beating the Lions. They beat a bottom five defense by three. Fair. Valid. I think so. Next, they beat Kirk Cousins in prime time. That's nothing. <laughs> Next, they beat Carson Wentz. That's not anything. Mm-hmm. Next, they beat Trevor Lawrence before he remembered how to play quarterback. That's <laughs> okay. not, yeah. They beat the Cardinals without DeAndre Hopkins or a kicker. Hmm. Yeah, that's DeAndre nothing. Hopkins is significant. They beat Cooper Rush. They did beat Cooper Rush. Next, they beat the Steelers. They beat a bottom three team at the time, which the Steelers were at that time. Yeah, a bottom three team. Well. They struggled versus a three thirteen and one Texan team. Mm-hmm. They lost to Tyler Haneke at home. They did, yeah. They First beat the loss. four twelve and one Colts by a point. By a single point. Yep. <laughs> they beat the Packers by one score despite Aaron Rodgers leaving the game due to injury. Hmm. Yeah. They beat the Titans in the middle of their seven-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. They beat Daniel Jones. They did, yeah. They barely beat literally the worst team in the NFL. Yep, the ones that have the number one pick. Yep. They lost after Dak dropped 40 on them. That was to the Cowboys. Yep. They lost to Andy Dalton by double digits at home. They did, yeah. They beat the Giants practice squad by one score. <laughs> Fair. They beat Daniel Jones after he used up all his power in the wild card. Yeah. They beat the 49ers QB4 and Brock Purdy without an elbow ligament. Yep, that's true. They didn't. And they choked a 10-point fourth-quarter lead in the Super Bowl. These Eagles were not that good. (laughs) They played Mm. really bad teams. Yeah, I mean, when you put it like that, it's kind of uh, hard to argue. Yeah. Yeah. So... So, there you go. Just wanted to point that out. Hmm. Eagles, you're a fraud. Eagles. Flying high. You're not, not so e- you're, you're not even going to uh, win the East next year. Well, yeah. If history says anything, the East is just kind of up for grabs every yep. single year, it seems like. So, I don't think they've had a repeat I, division winner in quite a while. I think Hurts will regress with the new OC. Hmm. I really do. I I don't know how you can say that after, you know, the performance that he put in uh, in the Super Bowl. And I'm not willing to say that. This year was great, yes. But I think I think he can't go up more. He has to regress a little bit. I, mean, I didn't say a lot. Yeah. I didn't say he was going to go back to being what he was a year ago or two years ago. But I think he'll come back a little bit. Right. And uh, what I would also anticipate as well in the offseason is uh, – might see a quarterback get paid in the way of Lamar Jackson. Yes. Uh, but also Jalen Hurts probably will restructure his contract as well, so. and he'll get paid uh, as well. So that might factor into it uh, as well with a new contract, new OC. Mm-hmm. does make a difference, but um, we'll, we'll see. And uh, see if uh, – oh, and the Eagles fans also uh, came out in uh, force – at the beginning of the game when they announced uh, Dak Prescott as the Walter Payton Man of the Year, and oh, yeah. they would ensue to boo him. Classy. Yes. Classy. Right. I understand. Fans. I understand he's a cowboy. I get it. I do. But it's about 
him off the field right. doing good things, and you boo him. Yeah. Good for you. You showed us. <sighs> yep. Yep. You showed everybody. So halftime shows. Yes, we got to clean up the halftime. Yes. So I was wrong. There have been two country music halftime shows. Mm. One was 1994 when it was Rockin' Country Sunday in the Georgia Dome. (laughs) When it was Clint Black, Tanya Tucker, Travis Tritt, and the Judds. Wow. Just in case you want to know, Natalie Cole was the national anthem singer that year. Garth Brooks did perform, but he was a national anthem singer back in 1993. Yeah, I was going to say maybe... Uh, that is the best one, by the way. If you're going to be at a Super Bowl, not for the game, but for the entertainment, it was Michael Jackson at halftime and Garth Brooks singing the National Anthem. What more do you want? Sure. That's man. the one. Michael. Because uh, in 91, whenever it was uh, the famous uh, Whitney Houston National Anthem, mm-hmm. it was New Kids on the Block at halftime. <laughs> New Kids no, on the Block. No, thank you. I'll skip that. Nice. Um, the year after uh, Clint Black, Tanya Tucker, Travis Tritt, and the Judds, it was Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Forbidden Eye, as it was Patti LaBelle, Indiana Jones, and Marion Ravenwood, as well as Teddy Pendergast and Tony Bennett. How about that? What? That one at Miami. Your national anthem that year was sung by Kathy Lee Gifford. What? Yes. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Uh-huh. Then in 96, we had Diana Ross. Okay. And your national anthem was sung by Vanessa Williams. The year after that, Luther Vandross sang the national anthem, and it was the Blues Brothers with ZZ Top and James Brown doing uh, the halftime show. Yes, the Blue Brothers, but not <laughs> uh, Brothers. not John Belushi because he was dead. So it was John Goodman and Jim Belushi, the bad Blues Brothers. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh man. Ninety-eight had Boys to Men, Smokey Robinson, The Temptations, Queen Latifah. Doing the halftime show. Nice. It's not bad. Jewel sang the national anthem. Jewel. Jewel. Wow. Yes. I haven't heard that name in forever. In 99, we had Gloria Estefan, Stevie Wonder, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy doing a celebration of soul, salsa, and swing. And your national anthem was sung by Cher. Ooh, yeah. Cher. 2000, Faith Hill sang the national anthem. Again, we're back in Atlanta, so we have to do country. So it was... Uh, Faith Hill singing the national anthem, and it was uh, Phil Collins, Christina Aguilera, Enrique Iglesias, Tony Braxton, and an 80-person choir singing uh, Tapestry of Nations at the Georgia Dome there. That was put together by Disney as it had Disney people involved in it. Hmm. So that's okay. that's great. Mm-hmm. You're after that, Aerosmith and NSYNC. That was 2001. Wow. 2001, Travis, the most, like, 2001. It was NSYNC, Aerosmith, and then the national anthem was sang by the Backstreet Boys. Like, it was the most boy band 2000 Super Bowl you could have. I know. And it's, uh, it says here on the one thing I'm looking up, uh, special guests were Britney Spears, Mary J. Bly, and Nelly. Yeah. That, that is pretty nice. Sponsored by E-Trade. That is for a 2000s. Sponsored wow. by E-Trade, which is a very 2000. Kind of then in 2000, as well. In 2002, we had U2. Mm-hmm. And your national anthem was sung by Mariah Carey. Then we went to San Diego and we had Shania Twain and No Doubt do the halftime show with Sting, special guest Sting, brought to you by AT&T Wireless. And that same year, it was the Dixie Chicks singing the national anthem. Uh, Yeah, it's the Chicks. The Chicks, yes, yes. Uh, In 2004, we had Janet Jackson. We know what happened there. But I always forget that it was P. Diddy, Nelly, Kid Rock, Timberlake, and Jessica Simpson all there as well. You just remember Janet and JT. 
That's true. But there were a lot of other people there. Is it really sponsored by AOL? AOL Top Speed, yeah, in 04. Oh, my god. That year, you also had Beyonce singing the national anthem. Nice. Uh, the year after that, because they were scared after the Janet Jackson thing, they had Paul McCartney as your uh, your halftime performance with AmeriQuest Mortgage. Paul McCartney. And the national anthem was sung by branches of the military. Oh. <laughs> Which is a great, I, I like the sure. gesture, but it's also kind of convenient. We don't want yeah. any controversy. Military, Paul McCartney. Right. Nothing's going to go wrong. Yeah, they were very scared. The next year at Ford Field, we had Aaron Neville and Aretha Franklin sing the national anthem. And the Rolling Stones were your halftime show. Rolling Stones, nice. Yeah. Year after that, we had Prince, mm-hmm. uh, brought to you by Pepsi. And uh, Billy Joel was your national anthem singer. Mm. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, the year after that, it was uh, Jordan Sparks singing no the national anthem. No relation. Yes. Jennifer Hudson sang the national anthem the year after that with Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Bruce Springsteen, the boss. Joined by the Miami Horns. Nice. Yes. Uh, The Who did 2010. The Who. The Who. Carrie Underwood was your national anthem singer. Okay, nice. 2011 was Usher slash the Dallas-Fort Worth area high school drill teams and dancers. And the Black Black Eyed Peas. Black Eyed Peas. Yes. Usher was not the... uh, the lead. It was the Black Eyed Peas. I forgot that. And my bad. Slash. Oh my yeah. gosh. Christina yes. Aguilera was the uh, national anthem singer. <laughs> wow. Last time the Super Bowl was in Indy, Travis, it was Madonna. Nice. With LMFAO, Cirque du Soleil, Nicki Minaj, MIA, CeeLo Green, Andy Lewis, the Avon High School Drumline, the Center Grove High School Drumline, Fisher's High School Drumline, Franklin Central High Drum School, uh, Southern University Dancing Dolls, and 200 people choir consisting of Indianapolis locals. Wow. And Donna has to have everyone get involved. <laughs> All the special guests. And Kelly Clarkson was your national anthem singer. Okay. The last country artist to sing the national anthem was Luke Bryan back in 2017. At that halftime show in 2017, it was Lady Gaga. Of course. Yes. <laughs> Provided by Pepsi Zero Sugar. Yes. <laughs> J- I like JT's. Justin Timberlake's one was good up in Minneapolis, I thought. Um, I didn't like Shakira and Jennifer Lopez. I know that. With Bad Bunny. Well, I don't know about you. I enjoyed it. The weekend was good. If I knew who the weekend was. I did like last well, year. Well, I hope you know who the weekend is. They've been uh, the song for WrestleMania I know now, for yeah. the past five years or whatever. I did like Dr. Dre, Snoop, Eminem, Mary J. Blige from last year. I thought that was good. And Rihanna mm. this year. Rihanna. Yep. I mean, gosh, taking a trip down memory lane, I knew a lot of those songs for yep. sure. So. Uh, the past three, by the way, just FYI, the past three national anthems have been sung by country singers. This is in 2021, it was Eric Church. 2022, Mickey Guyton. 2023, Chris Stapleton. Mm. So we'll see if that trend continues next year. Go and put your money on it now. <laughs> I'm sure there's a way to, to put money on that. <laughs> I'm sure he did. and. I'm sure the way uh, that he has sung that, that it hit way over. I didn't time it. Oh, it was way over. But it it had to be way over. It was way over, yeah. So it was the over and under how long the national anthem was. So there you go. (laughs) All right. So are we going to do for the final time? Final time playing the music? Well, hold on. Hold on. Okay. Okay. So I was doing some reading up on this national anthem, Travis. 
Mm-hmm. So since 1993, the NFL has required performance to supply a backup track. Why? Well, this came after Garth Brooks walked out of the stadium prior to his performance of the National Anthem. Only 45 minutes before kickoff, he refused to take the stage due to a dispute with NBC. Garth Brooks requested that the network premiere the music video for his new single, We Shall Be Free, during the pregame. The network chose not to air the video due to content some felt was disturbing imagery. Brooks had also refused to pre-record the anthem, which meant the league had nothing to play if he left. Television producers spotted Bon Jovi in the grandstands and were prepared to use him as a replacement. After last-minute negotiations, NBC agreed to air a clip of the video during the broadcast of the game, and Garth Brooks was coasted back into the stadium and sang. Hence why Garth Brooks has never done a halftime show. Hmm. <laughs> also, uh, Christina Aguilera sang the lyrics incorrectly when she sang the national anthem. Well, of course she did. Instead of, or the ramparts we watched were so gloomily streaming, she said, what so proudly we watched as the twilight's last gleaming. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. There's that. Good job. We also had Babyface sing the America the Beautiful this year, in case you forgot that. Babyface. We've had that sung every year since 09. Where was the, the heel at? And in that 2012, Travis, uh, Blake Shelton and Miranda Lambert sang the uh, America the Beautiful. Ah, Blake. Blake and Blake and Miranda. Blake and Miranda. Yep. Uh, so there you go. Done and dusted. Yes, now for the final time, we can do pick 'em. Let's get to it. Pick 'em for the uh, Super Bowl. For the uh, final time football season, we officially yep. close the book. On a pick 'em, so let's get to it. Well, as we discovered on Friday, there was no way for me to win, so Travis is our overall season champion. Top dog, yes. Congratulations. So we both went uh, Chiefs plus one and a half. Chiefs won outright, so we both hit winners on that one. Mm-hmm. And winner, winner. I said Chiefs over Eagles. I said one to nothing for the game, but I said 49 42, so I was over mm-hmm. either way. I was under on one. Travis, you went Chiefs over Eagles 37-30. Ah. Just over. No. Oh, under. You're good. Yeah, just under. You're under yeah, by yeah, one. That's right. You're the winner. Okay. You 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 got the closest you could get without going over in Bob Barker awesome. terms. Awesome. So you get two bonus points. So you got three points for the weekend. I got two bon- I got two points for the weekend. So we end the season with totals of Travis 118 and me 112. Mm-hmm. I lost track of the record along the way, so I don't know the records of who won what. Oh. But, uh, that that's where we're at point wise. Lost it on the along the way. I'll I'll spend some time whenever I get time and go back through and tally up the records. Sure. See where where exactly we're at. Sure. But last time I had the correct records was oh, we were still doing bowl games. So I got a long way to go back and look. <laughs> yeah, a long way to practice. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll, see, we'll see what we can do on that. But there you go. Either way, Travis, you are the winner. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Applause. Applause. Yeah. You win a free no prize. Ah. Uh. Yeah, I try to have this guy to put something on the line, and he never does. So. I don't know. I mean, even even when he won. I know. I got nothing when I won. Yeah. So. so there you go, a champion of a pick'em this year. Yep. So yep. 
What an honor. What a what distinction an yes. that it is. And I'll hold the title and defend it in the well fall. next fall. Maybe in the spring if we do uh, XFL, USFL. We'll see. Hmm. But we're taking a little break. We got NASCAR we go. pick and we got to focus on. Right. Yeah, exactly. Coming up this and week. Uh, that's uh, coming up uh, this week yep. uh, for sure. And then uh, a couple other things that I uh, wondered where the Super Bowl next year was. It's in Vegas, yes. Raiders Stadium. And then the next year it'll be in New Orleans at the Caesars Superdome. How many players do you think get in trouble for gambling in Vegas? I don't know. That's going to be scary. That's going to be, you thought it was a wild with uh, Phoenix and yeah. everything that was happening there. It's going to pale in comparison oh. to it in Vegas. How many arrests are we going to get? Oh How many gosh. players getting tickets? Yeah. It's going to be. It's going to be nuts. It might be a lot. Yes. Yes. Might be significant there. So, all right. So uh, we've reached the point in the countdown. To the countdown. Yes. Well, before we do, I want to give people a little preview. All right. Because yes, we're doing five a day of this mm-hmm. countdown. Wednesday night, Travis is qualifying for the Daytona 500. Mm-hmm. So it'll be here in two days. We'll do qualifying. Thursday night, we do the qualifying races. That sets the starting order. And this year. It's going to be fun to watch because there's, I think, 45 or 46 teams trying to get in the Daytona 500. Wow. There's only 40 starting spots. Hmm. 36 are guaranteed. That means there are four guys trying to fight for the final spots. Wow. Included in those are IndyCar racer Connor Daly and seven-time champion Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson is not locked into the field. So Mm. that'll be fun to watch Jimmy Johnson try and race his way into the Daytona 500. I saw that uh, commercial on, uh, I think. Yep. Yep. So that's on Thursday. Then Friday on this show, we will not only get our conclusion to our countdown. We'll have the return of entertainment because we'll have trucks and Xfinity series and the cup race. Mm -hmm. I'll help you. If you want to have a little entertainment. Yeah, I got some entertainment to play with. Thanks yes. to the Super Bowl. Yes. We also, I will give you my uh, my playoff prediction of who I think is going to make the playoffs this year for NASCAR. Ooh. So, got to get him out before 500. Yeah. Got to get him out there. So, wow. that's what we have to look forward to this week as far as NASCAR goes. Hmm. I know. A I just of, lost half the audience. <laughs> a lot of NASCAR things happening. That's right. So let's, let's kick off our countdown. Again, we are now in the top 25, and at number 24, we have the 1976 Daytona 500. This is the famous one where David Pearson and Richard Petty crash coming to the line. Petty, uh, his engine stalled out, couldn't get it refired. Pearson got it started and, and came across, and it was really uh, kind of one of those early sentimental look-back-on-NASCAR moments. Hmm. At number 23, Travis, we're going back to 2020, and that is Ryan Newman's Daytona 500 crash. Uh, we talked about it. I, I remember talking about it on this show um, uh, about that crash where he got flipped up in the air and then someone just piled into the roof. And, you know, the, they because they were up against the clock, they went off the air without telling anything about what happened. And it was very right. scary yeah. for, for a little while. And we thought we had seen another death. We did not, luckily. Um, but it was a very scary moment in that crash. Hmm. 
Number yeah. 22, Travis, uh, we're going way back, as it was Wendell Scott who became the first driver of color to get a win in the NASCAR series. Uh, Bob Wallace has since won since then, but Wendell Scott's win was taken from him, and then it was given back to him a couple hours later after everyone had left because the track was scared to say that he was the winner. So they said someone else was the winner, gave him the check, the trophy, got the, to kiss the girl, everything like that, and then after everyone left, they were like, oh, no, actually, you won. So that's what NASCAR was like in the early, early, early days. Wow. Yeah, you know, you don't like hearing that stories like Jeez, that. No. Wow. At number twenty-one, Travis, we have going back to twenty twenty, the first race after COVID, but more so than that, the first sporting event of COVID. People can argue all they want. NASCAR came back first before any other sporting event. Mm-hmm. NASCAR was first in the world of COVID. Yeah. They'll always have that. It was a Wednesday night. They did a race on a Wednesday night in an empty arena in Darlington. That was Wednesday. the first sporting event to deal after COVID, and it will always be NASCAR. Hmm. Interesting. So, hmm. And the final one for this time, Travis, and I don't even remember the uh, the date. I'm sure I can just Google it here. And that is the uh, the famous. You are a, would you say you're a casual NASCAR fan, Travis? Uh, very casual, yeah. Um, if I say something, uh, I'm going to say three words, and I want to see if you know what it is. Are you ready? Okay. If I say three words, tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Montoya Jet Dryer. Mm. Uh, it's the Juan Pablo Montoya. Yep. I do know that. Yep. Um, I kind of remember something about this, but, uh, his, uh, sponsor was Target. It was. That's right. That's about all I got. In 2012, Travis, under the caution flag, Juan Pablo Montoya in the Daytona 500 hit a jet dryer, caught it on fire and delayed the race for about 45 minutes because the track burned. Wow. And it became this viral sensation. Do you remember when I told you that Brad Keselowski was the first driver to tweet on our countdown earlier? He tweeted a picture of this because this happened in turn three and he was on the backstretch. So we could see just this big smoke cloud. And I'll show mm-hmm. you. But something broke on Juan Pablo's car and uh, he slammed into a jet dryer. And it's one of the craziest things that has happened because it's unexpected. They came back from like a commercial. They were looking at something else, and all of a sudden, you just see Montoya getting out of his car, and his car, as you see, is not destroyed. Pretty destroyed, and it's on fire. And everyone's like, "What's happened? This is under the yellow flag. Nothing should, yeah, nothing should be going on." Right. And his car's burning, and then you look up and you see that there's a jet dryer leaking fuel, and oh it's like you're kind of thinking what's happening, and then they show a replay, and you see Montoya is coming into turn three. He's trying to catch up to the field. Something breaks in his car, and it spins oh out all on gosh. its own. He hits the jet dryer, which is a a air, you know, wow. a, 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 a airplane engine is what those are. I mean, those are big, huge yeah. things that were full of gas, <laughs> Look and at he fire. hit it. It caused a little fireball, and they thought that was going to be it. Wow. And then the oh, whole man, truck catch on, on fire. The whole thing is on fire. And because of the gas streaming down the track, it caught the entire track on fire. They had to use Tide to clean it up, like <laughs> to try and clean up the surface. Because, again, when you're talking racing, that surface has to be good. And this was already on a Monday because of rain on Sunday. It was already like 9, 10, 11, 10, 11 o'clock at night. So it's already late in the evening because they've been dealing with rain. 
NASCAR didn't want to delay it anymore, but they had to for this. You had to delay this race again because you had to put the jet dryer out and you had to get the track good enough to race on. But it's one of the craziest things that I have ever seen happen in a race is Montoya hitting this jet dryer and it became one of the just absolute. I remember them talking about this on Sports Center wow, yeah. at a time because you don't see this isn't something you see no. every day. Um, and there were questions about, well, why was the jet dryer out there and blah, blah, blah. That during cautions, the jet dryers used to go around the track and just sweep it off. They'd use the dryer to just sweep off the track and make sure it was clean and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. just a freak accident that happened. And unfortunately for Juan Pablo Montoya, he's more known for this than anything else he ever did in, sure his, in his NASCAR career. <laughs> this is what he's known for. Man, so, that thing was really on fire. Oh, yeah. And you can see, you can kind of see a close up video of where the car hits. And it hits and it just catches the whole thing on fire. Everything just goes up in a ball of flames. And that's where it started leaking the gas and uh, just found something to spark it. And that was it. It's crazy. So that is number 20. I did remember a little bit uh, of that, uh-huh. of seeing that or hearing about that. So, but yeah, that is that's number twenty, Travis. We are now going to be in our top twenty starting tomorrow, and tomorrow we have upset victories, we have final victories, and we have uh, famous quotes from some NASCAR legends on the way tomorrow. So get ready for that. Mm-hmm. Get ready for that. <laughs> and uh, that gives me uh, an idea of seeing that uh, jet dryer uh-huh. uh, on fire. Uh, the finish line should be fire. The finish line should be set on fire. Why? Because it would look cool. No. It would look cool with the, the guys crossing the line with the, the finish line on fire. No one would want to cross the line. Eh, you go. Dangerous. You go by. You go by quickly. It would look cool though. Do it and see it with CGI. Yeah, sure. There you go. Do it with the, on the Nickelodeon cast. There you go. Now we're thinking. I mean, mm-hmm. if if you watch any of the NASCAR races and you've watched them on Fox, they're already pretty much the Nickelodeon cast as it is. Mm-hmm. Fox not doing a great job. They have you know the NFL Fox broadcast. Obviously, you watched the Super Bowl last night. Mm-hmm. You know the little cartoon characters that they have for each player. They have those in NASCAR, too. The problem is is that the pictures are so awful that you can't tell who the drivers are. Mm. Like, Denny Hamlin on his podcast was talking about how the one for him, he has a goatee. He says, I don't know when I ever had a goatee in my entire life. I don't know where they got the picture from to use that. But the drivers have actively told Fox, stop using these. Just take our picture. It's fine. It It looks nothing like us. It looks nothing like us. And, again, as drivers... You don't really know how drivers look. You just see them most of the time with their helmet on and their suits on, you know, their fire suits on. You don't know how they look. Mm-hmm. But we don't want to know how they look. Mm-hmm. Just take a picture of them and put it beside the car. That's all we need. We don't need superhero cartoon drawn figures of NASCAR drivers. Yeah, sometimes the the networks get too cute with the graphics. Oh, this isn't the first time Fox has done this. They used to have a character called Digger. It would be they would have a camera in the gra- camera. It started out with like just a camera on the track surface that the kind of the cars would drive over, but it was safe and it was kind of a cool camera shot. But then they had to make a a character for why they went to this camera shot, and that became Digger. And it was this little rodent that would pop up on the screen and start digging, and then it would cut to that camera, and then eventually it ended up leading to Digger having his own cartoon series on the pre-race show. Ooh. And he had four friends that were running away from a security guard. Hmm. 
I said it's pretty good. Uh, pretty good branding That's right there. That's dumb, is what it is. Pretty good and branding. NASCAR that fans it, hated it, and they quit just doing it. Kind of evolved from uh, <laughs> just a little graphic, and then it went to a, a segment on the pregame show. So the, the life and death of Digger, right there. The character development. Thirty seconds. Yeah, character and they got rid of it because fans were outraged and didn't want Fox to renew their broadcast because of it. <laughs> well, NBC um, is much better than Fox. Just saying, when it comes to NASCAR coverage, NBC is much better. Hmm. They got a better booth. No. Dale Jr. is in the booth for for NBC, and he gives some some fun insights, some fun commentary. I'm sure. Yeah, so. I'll take your word for it. You should. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm the expert in NASCAR here. You are. You are the expert on the show. So. Uh, there you go. There's uh, some of the uh, moments in the uh, top 75. We'll continue on to the uh, countdown uh, tomorrow, getting closer to uh, the 500. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow to take a look at more postseason recap. We'll definitely dive into the uh, boys' brackets uh, tomorrow uh, for sure and everything that happens tonight in the girls' basketball postseason. So, Thanks for listening. Uh, Thanks for downloading. We will be uh, back tomorrow. Until then, adios. We bid you adieu. Peace.